Ultimately, everything kind of boils down to one question. What's the fucking point? So let's talk about it. I'm your host, Valerie Martin, and this podcast brings a little levity and a lot of curiosity to some of the biggest questions and ideas that we meager humans can ponder. Join me and our guests each week as we dig into topics around psychology, human behavior, consciousness, spirituality, philosophy, and more, all with a healthy dose of existential angst. And now, today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast for episode number 34. I am sitting here in my office and I always love to bring the the shades all the way up because we have these big beautiful windows and for better or worse we don't have uh screens on them which is like sometimes annoying because I want to open the window like right now when I just like practically injured myself trying to open them uh I would need to get a screwdriver and it's a whole thing but um so yeah it's like not the greatest when I want to open it and like bugs would fly in but also it's kind of nice not having that uh stuff obscuring my view of the beautiful outside and one of the things that I noticed as I was staring out the window just before recording this intro is there is this big tall tree out there that has at some point I don't know how recently uh, fallen and it fell just perfectly the angle that it fell at it fell perfectly into this little crook of a tree in front of it and I don't know, guys. I know that I I like to animate all kinds of objects. And I was going to say inanimate objects, but like, what the fuck? Trees are not inanimate objects. They are beings. And uh, of course, me, if anyone, is going to acknowledge that because I'm a tree lover and consider them my sisters and brothers. And so I don't know. I just loved this kind of sense of like, I got you, bro. Like, I know your time is done and I'm going to catch you. And, uh, you know, if it hadn't caught it, I'm looking at it, I'm like, it may very well have fallen on the power lines. Um, Not to say that it it never will. Um, They might keep an eye on it in the hood, but I don't know. It was just a beautiful image that I got from that just now. So that's my little random ass tangent for you uh, in this intro. And for today's interview... When I decided on the theme of consistency for this month, I was thinking, who do I know or know of that might be a great person to talk about this? And I thought, okay, my friend Barry, Jonathan Barry, who when you go to his house, and I, we talk about this some in the interview, you go into their basement, which is like this super rad place that they've like uh, made into this awesome hangout space. He has his office down there too, and he's got like eight clipboards and this big whiteboard with all these different sections on it. And like, I don't know, it's just, I had never met a dude who had that level of uh, nerdy kind of organizational, especially self-driven as an entrepreneur kind of approach before and and also it's not necessarily what you might expect if you meet him in the context of like this is a guy who just loves going camping and kayaking and climbing and all this stuff um so i just love that that uh barry is just such a cool dude uh multi-dimensional he's a real estate broker as you'll hear in the interview nashville native and just like a fun person to be around a good a good guy, a gold-hearted guy, which we need more of in this world today. So I hope you'll really enjoy this interview where we both zoom out and also get really nerdy and granular about systems and to-do lists and digital versus paper and all of this stuff. I like that this interview is a little bit different from a lot of the interviews. I told Bear, I was like, I know you may not like want to sit around and navel gaze about the meaning of life for 45 minutes, so we'll see where this goes. And we did get into some of those like big picture ideas and that kind of stuff, which you'll hear about, but, um, but it is a little different and I think that's a good thing. So... Enjoy this episode, and if you want to find more about Jonathan Barry, you can visit his website at jberryagent.com. That's the letter J, Barry as in strawberryagent.com. Enjoy the episode. 
I've never been, like, actual climbing. I've been to climbing gym, like, literally maybe twice. That's all. Yeah. Well, it's an addictive sport. Yeah. That's Harder to do in older age, but still fun. Uh-huh. What's the best place you've ever been? Oh, that's tricky. I would say the prettiest place I've ever climbed was in Yosemite, California. Um, that was definitely my prettiest place. But mm-hmm. my favorite place is in Chattanooga at Little Rock City, which is now called Stone Fort. Yeah, and so you're you are a big outdoors person. Like that's one of the things I think of with you is the rock climbing and the kayaking and always looking for an adventure. Um, and then you also have this like total nerd si- business side of you that I think is a very cool balance. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that probably sums it up. I try to I get nerdy at my work so I can be efficient as possible and then go out and play when yeah. I'm not looking. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'll I'll say a little bit about this in the intro, but, uh, why I wanted to talk to you on the podcast is because like, just kind of getting to know you over the past few years and like, especially when you started your own business and coming over to your house down here in the basement where we're recording. Um, if I look behind me, I see your big whiteboard with like, all of your mini systems and your color coding and like and that to me as someone who I, I've always considered myself like a little bit of a systems nerd I've like you know I'll spend uh, way too much time reading reviews of like this to-do list app versus this <laughs> one and uh-huh. like all this kind of stuff um but I am a much better like uh I don't know, I try out those things and I don't always stick with them. So that's one thing I really admire about you. You know, not to say that it's that means you always stick with all your systems perfectly, but I get a sense that, that you know, you create the systems that work for you and you use them. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I did, I used to go, to, when I first got into um, owning my own business, I really went down those rabbit holes of, of the research side of things and... I just got really frustrated because some of them are really expensive and Mm. I didn't want to commit to any of them. And then when you, you know, add on the the time it takes to get into it, I realized just stick with the stuff I know and perfect (laughs) it Um, because, you know, the best the best system is the one you use. Exactly, which is hard for me because I'm like, no, 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 but this one will be so much better. I mean, I literally (laughs) like just like a week ago, I, I like Evernote. I can't do you oh, that yeah. one that you use. I don't use it, but yeah. I, I I love Evernote. It's great. Yeah, I, I mean, and there's so much functionality that I don't necessarily take advantage of. But over the years, I have sort of like figured out like these are the things I love using it for. Well, so then I'm on some like entrepreneur like forum thing, and I see some post about this new um, software called Notion, and it's like oh, you know, Ever- Evernote got so bloated and it got so, like, whatever with its premium pricing. Mm. And and this is, I literally spent, like, two, three hours, like, transitioning all my stuff, reading all these things, reading all these templates. And then, like, last week or a few days ago, I was like, uh, I have to be honest with myself, I like Evernote better. Yeah. And I just had to be like, well, I just spent 30 bucks on that, but lesson learned. <laughs> <laughs> But you're exactly right. The system, the best system is the system that you use. So when you were saying they're expensive, like what were you talking about, like certain apps or things like that? Yeah. So for real estate, there there's a lot of mm. CRMs, just customer relationship databases right. or management systems out there you can use. And there's I, I, countless options. And most of them are either big expenditures for the software package up front. We're talking, you know, some thousands of dollars. Jeez. Some are hundreds of dollars a month for service. Wow. And and I just found I can't, it's not worth it to mm-hmm. me. Um, when I can, I'm trained in Excel and I can sit here and do the same thing in Excel with maybe a little bit more effort. But yeah. I also have to watch out for my bottom line. When you're an independent contractor, that's number one thing in many cases. Yeah. So it was just never really worth the, the, the time to learn it or the money to buy it for, for me right now. Yeah. Well, and I think that, that, you know, that's, yes, there's the bottom line part, but there is also some level of, 
um, skill and uh, that you don't hate coming up with things like that, you know, like, because some people might be really great at, you know, selling real estate, but hate that kind of work. And I get a sense that you, maybe it's not your favorite part of the work, but like you kind of enjoy nerding out on it too. That's definitely true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And since the theme of this month uh, for me is consistency. And as I've kind of said, like that's um, in many ways a struggle for me. And, and there are areas where I've made a lot of improvement and kind of noticed like what helps me to be more consistent. Um, so is it ever, has it ever been a challenge for you to stay consistent with like using your systems like personally or professionally? Mm, yes, most certainly. Because um, in, in, in my field, the adage of when it rains, it pours is certainly true. Mm. Somehow, cosmically, it works out like that. Yeah. You'll have slow seasons, then busy seasons get really busy. And it's easy to lose the systems when you're really busy. And you're just worried about staying in contact with people is the, the utmost important thing. Sometimes it's easy to let the systems slack during mm-hmm. those busy times. So you have, to, you have to focus on it. Right. Which, of course, is like the time that you need it the most. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's I feel like in any kind of um, small business or entrepreneur thing, like that's what they'll say is like in the beginning, you don't necessarily need these systems because you only have like a few clients or a few projects or whatever. But you're going to be real glad that you have them Mm -hmm. when things get busier. Yeah. Yeah. And what about like. I, I, you know, part of kind of nerding out and really um, enjoying talking about and and listening to uh, stuff like this is routines, like daily routines. So do you have like certain, uh, and I know things might have changed, especially with baby Iris, but um, morning routines, evening routines, like transition from work to home life kind of stuff. You know, I've gone back and forth. Routine is important to me. Um, And I feel like it started off as as the ideal when you got into business and you read all of these, you know, motivational speakers and how to set up your your real estate business, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. They give you a road path. And I try to model that. And then I I found I wasn't sticking to them consistently. Not how they said they should be. But I started taking what I really liked and what I gained a lot of value from um, those specific routines and try to morph it into my, my day. Uh, but things have definitely changed with, with the little, with the little girl. Um, I really, when possible, try to spend the first hour and a half, two hours of my day just with her when possible. And I'm fortunate that we can do that. I'm in an industry where we're able to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so like, even with um, busy seasons in your business and now balancing more robust, busy family life, are there certain uh, pieces of like your routine that you know, like you absolutely have to do these for yourself or you're not going to show up your best like in your business or personal life? Yeah, I think probably the the foundation to my routine is all around my to-do lists Mm -hmm. and I always have been like that and, (laughs) and almost to a fault I feel. Um, and, but so much so that for me to have a productive morning the next day, the night before I have to take a close look at my to-do list. So when I wake up, instead of worrying about work and all the things I have to check off for the day, I already did that last night, right mm-hmm. before but right before I went to bed. So then I can wake up. I know what I have to do after a couple of hours of being up and playing with my little girl, but I can actually focus on family time um, in the morning. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's a big one. And then going right back to the to-do list. Once, once I pass her over to the babysitter, it's time to get right back to it. Yeah. And I know this is like super um, granular, but what do you find like in experimenting over the years what is the most effective way that you approach that? Meaning like some people just sort of lump it all into like one giant list that's ongoing and there's like 80 things on there. Some people have it all broken out in like categories or level of urgency or whatever. So how do you approach that in a way that is uh, effective for you? Yeah, we are getting granular. Okay, so (laughs) the way I set up, I'm a big fan of to-do lists. So I have a 
two master to-do lists. Um, one is for home life and one is for work life. Um, these are things that I, I, for work, it's things that are like overarching projects that I know I really need to get done, would really like to get done, but maybe it's just for this year or maybe it's mm-hmm. in prep for something next year. Um, and I don't really get super detailed on those, those bird's eye view lists. But then on my day-to-days, um, I go in and I really focus on uh, what's going to move the needle, that 80-20 mm-hmm. rule. Yeah. Uh, you know, 20% of your work is going to bring 80% of the business. And so I ask myself every morning, what's going to move that needle the most? Mm-hmm. And those go in. My to-do list has three sections, three sections for three blocks each. Um, and it's just the top priority, the secondaries, and then if I get to them, great. If I don't, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the big things. And then at the top of my day under the schedule, that's where I make the notes of, oh, I need to make sure I'm responding to this email in particular or making these follow-up phone calls or I'm prospecting to these people I haven't reached out to in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely segment a lot. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. And I think that the, uh, the 80-20 is something that, <laughs> I I am working on um I I have this like um you're a little ADD too, right? Mm. Oh yeah. 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 Um and so part of how that manifests for me and I I didn't realize this was like part of ADHD um until I read more about it, which is funny. I mean, I don't specialize in that clinically, so I don't work with it. Um but Per, but personally, there's like the hyper focus thing that shows up, which is for me, and I know that, you know, manifests differently in different people. But part of that for me is if I get really on one thing, I will just go at that for hours. And, uh, and it's not a good thing necessarily, because there might be four things that are higher up my priority list, but I'm on this thing and I want to get it done. And I and so I've been doing that recently with this website I'm building and uh, I've had like late nights and then being like, what the fuck? I didn't do like the three <laughs> most important things I was supposed to do today because I just got like tunnel vision in this. So the 80-20, what's going to move the needle is so important for us to all have a reminder of. Um, and then like you were saying the night before thing. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing. Again, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I'm a firm believer as someone who works and like lives and breathes human behavior and psychology all the time it's like we might know something but we have to hear it a million times we need constant reminders and sometimes it's like the person who says it in this particular way on this particular day you're like whoa that's really impactful and it's like it's not a new idea to you but there's something about it so so just emphasizing that um, that like planning that night before so that you're not just waking up in the morning and going like, Oh, so what am I going to focus on? It's like, you've already decided what's important mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I do get bogged down sometimes. And if, if I go a couple of days and I look back at my past few days and, and there's a lot of unchecked boxes, I, I fall into the, like, well, I guess the pitfall of getting stressed about the things I didn't get done. And so then that makes me shift sometimes just mm-hmm. doing the things just to check those boxes even if they're not that important yeah i just want to check them i just want them to <laughs> be off. good <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so i honestly what what really helps me when i find myself doing that mm-hmm. is taking those items i didn't do and if i don't feel like they have to get done this week i go ahead and write them on the next week's um calendar at some point so it's just not i'm not looking at it anymore yeah and you're Which using helps. literal like Pen and paper oh, pen and, and whiteboard, uh, yep. right? That is what I, yeah, I am yeah. that old school person that still does it. Does yeah, it. <laughs> no, I think it's awesome. I, I go back and forth on that and, and because, well, you, and you do a lot of appointments, mm-hmm. a lot of appointments. And of course my days or my weeks are a lot of appointments. And so I found myself kind of writing them in the paper planner, but then putting things in the Google calendar and like the redundancy of that, I was yeah. just over it. And so... Now what I'm experimenting with is everything is digital, but for just my like tomorrow when I have the whole day to do whatever I feel like is important, I have that time. I have this new like high performance planner that has like, (laughs) it's got those morning questions. It's got your top three priorities questions. It's got your evening reflection 
which sets you up for the next day. And then it's, you know, there's some other like optional stuff. So I'm, I'm experimenting with like having that as something I can physically see on my desk in front of me. But then the day to day, like scheduling stuff is digital. Yeah. That's, that's smart. I need to, I need to get better about on a weekly basis, moving the things I wrote in my paper calendar over to my Google. Cause when I'm out and I'm with a client or something, I'm trying to set another appointment I might not have my giant paper binder calendar with me, and that's kind of the the, the issue I'm running into. Oh, yeah, and then you become useless. I mean, I literally, <laughs> I'd be like, back when I was doing, like, some chiropractor stuff, I, they'd be like, oh, when do you want to come in next? And I'd be like, I don't know. I don't have my planner on me. Yep. And now it is, it is like, honestly really nice to be able to just pull that up and be like, I know exactly when I'm free, and, and I know I have this thing October 14th. And yeah. yeah. It's true. I found that I'm just a very, very kinetic learner, too, and I've always have been. And so yeah. writing it down, it's, I'm, I'm way more likely to actually remember what I'm needing to do that day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because um, I was uh, I remembering when Susanna, your wife, um, my good friend, uh, showed me her paper planner that she created. So mm-hmm. when I was thinking of talking with you about the system stuff, I was like, well, hell, I really could interview both of you guys, <laughs> but I haven't done a duo yet. So I was like, I'm going to keep it simple. Um, but is that something that, like, you guys encourage each other on or does did she kind of help you get more into that or vice versa or is it like you're just both nerdy in that way luckily we have all (laughs) we have both been nerdy like this for a long time and it's a consistent joke in the berry household because (laughs) i i do not think we would be together today if we were not both like this because it's a little over the top for most of our friends and family and we realize that so we are uh, both very fortunate that our partner is uh very similar yeah like we were talking earlier in the kitchen about uh that oh yeah we ran the numbers on you know how much we'd save with cloth diapers and with making our own baby food and like i fucking love that you guys are that's what you do together is like run the numbers on that kind of thing pretty sure there's an excel spreadsheet somewhere (laughs) with that number crunch i love it um and what drew you to real estate was it more of like this is a family business kind of thing and it's here and it's a clear path or was there something that you just kind of knew this is my thing you know i've always been interested in real estate from a young age um, wow which i don't really know why i don't have (laughs) any family that's um, personally in the business on my side of the family. Yeah. Um, I just remember laying on the floor looking at my mom's Southern living magazine because of the little, uh, floor plans they have in there <laughs> once a month. And I thought that was just super cool. And so, yeah, I've always been interested when I went to college, didn't know what I wanted to do. Real estate was kind of the only thing that, um, sparked my interest. So I, I majored in that at UGA before I transferred, um, and UTC didn't have it, so I just kind of moved on, went into uh, the service industry and then into the retail industry, mm-hmm. and uh, then an opportunity presented myself. My wife, Susanna, her aunt um, is has been in the business for 20-plus years and um, is, you know, secession planning and is trying to figure out what she's going to do when she gets out, and mm-hmm. there, no one on that side of the family was really that interested, and it really piqued my interest. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. I'll do it. It's a natural fit. <laughs> Right. And, and of course, like we were saying earlier, it's not only do you have to be interested in and good at like the sort of sales aspect of it and like the, the industry itself, like caring enough to like uh, learn a lot about it, but also the running a business side of it, you know, like on the, on the therapy side for me, it's that's something that I hear all the time is people who either would love to get into private practice or are in private practice but are struggling because they don't um, have good enough systems or like care enough about the business side of things or enjoy it. And and I feel very blessed to like be similar to you and that I really love both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's tricky. I found one of the tougher things is, is just the motivation, you know, mm-hmm. really staying accountable. Yeah. Um, to to whatever goals or you know whatever business plan you might set or whatever goals you might set, it's the accountability side of things. Um, it's 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 tricky. Right. And one of the things I'm reading this uh, book uh, by actually he's a local guy, author Michael Hyatt, 
Um, and he writes a lot about like leadership and business and all this stuff. Like you'd probably be into him. Um, but his latest book is called Free to Focus. Wait, no, 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 it's not his book. I'm reading too many books on the same topic. No, I was just reading that one today and it's excellent. Um, but the other one, I think what I'm thinking about is coming from the other one, which is the, the same dude who did the planner, um, that I mentioned earlier, uh, Brendan Burchard. And, and he talks about necessity as one of the sort of core six habits of high performing people. Uh. And so he's looking at these core habits, like what is it that high performers have in common? And and that's like this idea of, of like you're saying, um, like what is it that's driving me to stick, stick with my goals or set higher goals? And I don't know. I mean, I imagine that like having a kid also raises that bar even higher of like, well, crap, now there's really a necessity. Because <laughs> I find myself sometimes like, well, you know, it's easy to get complacent. Like I could just keep doing what I'm doing and like not set the goals higher. But, and so I don't know. It's like, what is my, is it a necessity? Like who's counting on me to show up and create this podcast? Like when I, on my darker moments, I can be like no one and it's not like going to pay the bills. So, you know, like what is your conceptualization of like what does like drive you in those moments where you're like, I'm only accountable to myself. That's a good good question. I I think I use two two things that really help me when I'm getting a little less than motivated. Um, would be my daily affirmations and then my vision board. Those mm-hmm. are two things that that I, I consistently bring myself back around to, and I call them daily affirmations. I don't do them daily. I don't. Mm. Um, but at least they at least come. I, I think about them and talk about them to myself. Yeah. Which sounds kind of weird, I guess, but um, <laughs> at least weekly. And yeah. just reminding myself, I'm, I'm not in this because I want to work the rest of my life. I'm in right. it because I want to work to live. And mm-hmm. I want to go on my traveling adventures, my outdoor adventures. I want to spend time with my family, my little girl, my wife, Susanna, and um, the, the grandparents that we still have that are very lucky to, you know, see, see Iris and... Um, that's that's where I get my motivation. The and deeper the, why, yeah, yeah, the deeper why, and just keeps keeps you going. Because I mean, I, I I'm fortunate that my industry I really like that every day is very different, mm-hmm. and so it's in that respect it's hard. It's kind of tough to get complacent because every day is so different, and you kind of have to be on your toes. Um, mm-hmm. But but it's just good to see the the the. The overarching why because when you think about it, i mean it's feast or famine and so when <laughs> when when it's feasting time and it is crazy busy the past two weeks i've, I've worked four out of the seven nights a week till wow. midnight yeah just working Holy cow. after a little girl goes to bed and it's great because it means you're busy but at the same time why am i doing this oh yeah because you know maybe maybe one day we can get some big remodeling products done on the house right. and that's why i'm i'm working or maybe we're working towards this vacation we really want to do or something yeah you know, just got to keep keep the eyes towards the future totally and and that actually reminds me of another system that i'll throw in here um money has always been a challenge for me personally for lots of reasons that i won't get into here but um and, and I always was really averse to the idea of a budget. Mm. Like to me, that felt like a diet. It felt restrictive. <laughs> and it's like, don't even say that word to me because I don't want to hear it. And that feels like very limiting and I don't like it. And I'm going to run the other direction or like rebel. And um, so when I found this system, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called uh, YNAB is what the sort of short name it stands for you need a budget which you know yes the word budget is in there but um but it really is like a whole different uh a whole different concept than what i've traditionally thought of as a budget and it is like one of those things that has a cult following like there is a very active subreddit there are like people who like just super fans that will rave about how this thing changed their life and if people are familiar with uh, with budgeting like it's not that dissimilar from like old school envelope system mm-hmm. where it's like okay we're gonna have this envelope for our trip to Europe and so we're gonna be putting money in here you know but like nobody does that anymore because we don't operate in cash right. um, but it's sort of like that and what I love about that and what I think relates to what one of the things that we're talking about with staying connected to the deeper why is rather than needing to have like 
20 savings accounts, like different bank accounts where it's like, well, this savings account is for our trip and this savings account is for the down payment on our next house, which like, I, I guess there are some banks or credit unions where you can just like have as many fucking yeah. accounts as you want, <laughs> but that, you know, is like a headache in, in another way. But with, with this system, like I can go on and I can create my different categories and I can create those like sub things like Europe trip or new flooring or whatever. And I can see that money start to build. So rather than paying attention to like the number in my checking account, like that's irrelevant because that's not what I have to spend. What I have to spend is, well, I've got $47 left in the go dining out account for the month. And, but there's the flexibility that if something shows up, I can always move things around, oh, Okay. but I can see that the, vacation fund is growing and like that actually feels really good so you're giving the money a job and and connecting to that why of like rather than just seeing a bunch of money sitting around in a savings account and going well that's our rainy day fund it's like no that's you know some of that money is earmarked for an emergency but some of it is earmarked for home renovation and some of it is earmarked for this and like, I don't know, I just, that to me, like, actually, as a person who's historically been very averse to budgeting and, like, <laughs> actually paying attention to my money, it's something that gets me excited about saving money. There's a lot to be said for that. Right? Man. Yeah. I, I'm very fortunate that uh, Susanna is amazing with budgets <laughs> and is not afraid of that word. I love it. And... I just relinquish all power in that respect. <laughs> <laughs> I ask permission to get something these days. Yeah, I mean, I, she right. knows it. She knows it. I don't. That's so, awesome. yeah. I mean, Every just... household has to find what works for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because for us, like, I'm sort of the one that pays attention to it, which is not good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, it works. And there's always room to grow, right? <laughs> um, so. Yeah, and, and doing your vision board, is that the kind of thing that you it's you do like every year or is it like you have it that's sort of your big overarching thing and you just refer back to it? Yeah, so if you could actually see my 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 desk setup, I have a handful of clipboards tacked to the wall that I use, and the vision board is one of them. and And I didn't go through and make a collage by cutting out a photo of a car Damn and it. I, a vacation. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, it's not that kind of vision board, but uh, it is. It's what I like to do. I do it on an annual basis whenever I'm doing my business planning um, and, and my goal setting for the next year, and that's that's a part of. Uh, my process for for my goal planning and and, and business goals. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just different categories, places I want to go. Um, some of it's very selfish things I might want to buy at some point, yeah. materialistic, and um, you know, just some of them are very silly. You know, that I want to I want to go on I don't know I want to go ride a jet ski somewhere or I want to go on a ski trip or something. Yeah. You know, something's very silly, but you know, if it gets you excited and gets you motivated, and um, yeah. I, I love it, and it's sitting right there. If I'm ever getting a little uh, annoyed with the conversation I just had on the phone or something, it's like, oh, why am I doing this? Why am I working? Oh, that's why. I'm yeah. trying to schedule a trip to go out to New Zealand. That's why. Yeah, you know, it's funny, um, because it should be really obvious to me, but, like, <laughs> I'm the person who enjoys creating the vision board by going through the magazines and cutting out the pictures, <laughs> But then it might sit, like, in my closet, <laughs> or, which is so ridiculous now that I say it out loud. Um, or it's, like, on my wall in my office, but I never actually look at it. Right. So it's like, oh, well, why don't I, like, put that in a place or create it in such a way? Like, make it a small version of it my phone background or whatever it mm -hmm. is, right? That uh, So I think this is, like, for any of us... Um, a good reminder to like whatever that stuff is make it accessible yeah to where like you said if you're like caught up in the middle of like kind of a shitty day it's right there yeah i've had um there's there's someone in my an agent in my office who has actually put her vision board in her closet she had a spot where she could so every day she's getting ready she just glances at it and just looks over and just kind of gets her psyched for the day uh, you know everybody works differently she must have a nice closet though. i think so i was, I was actually like, like unless it's on the back of a door i can't yeah. even walk into my closet right so. totally well and and you know our house because you sold us our house um it's it's funny i almost actually pride myself 
on how small our closet is that we share. <laughs> because I'm like, you know what? That Actually, like, I need to keep myself in fucking check when it comes to clothes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that makes it very easy to do. Yep. You know, like, it's just funny how when we don't question the things that we're supposed to want... Like, we're supposed to want these nice, like, big fancy walk-in closets because that's, Mm -hmm. quote, the norm now. And so, you know, every now and then I do get caught up in all that kind of stuff of, like, oh, why don't I have this in my house? And and it's like, well, hold on a second. Like, does that actually matter? You know? And it really doesn't. You have to, but you have to remind yourself that. I go through the same thing. I I, I go through, the grass is always greener. Yeah. That's what it is. Well, Well, what if, what... Maybe the next house will... We thought... This house we bought, we've only been here three years. We thought it was going to be a five-year house. Maybe a uh-huh. seven-year house. Move on to something bigger, different, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, we don't have a walk-in closet. It's just a sm- small example. Right. The longer we've been here, we've just fallen in love with our neighbors and our neighborhood <laughs> and yeah. and our yard and the walking path we take with Iris and my dog. And um, this is going to... I'm pretty confident we're gonna be here until iris graduates wow it's it's very quickly turned to that and just live within your means right you know because then you can save for the future and you can do those bigger bigger plans that you want to do right Um, yeah i love that um this this might be a a vulnerable question are there any of your affirmations that you would feel comfortable sharing as like examples of what really helps you to reconnect to uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm probably pretty pretty basic. Um, <laughs> basic and bitch with your affirmations. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I I just I'm very thankful for, and I think I include my my affirmations are are a like lot gratitude. more gratitude. Yeah, yeah. You gotcha. know, I guess everybody okay. uses different terms, yeah. but I'm very thankful for the place I am right now. I'm very thankful for the family that I have and are not here. I'm very thankful for the family that are here and we, we have a very tight support group of of my mother and and Susanna's mom who come over and help us with Iris and um, I'm very thankful to have Iris I you know I, I, I had a feeling I would like being a dad but I didn't know how much <laughs> I would really love it yeah um, and it's that I mean just Iris in itself she could probably take up for the top 50 percent of, of my my whole my whole affirmation now but um, yeah, I think that's a lot of it is more just being thankful for what you've had and, and even the mentors I've had too. Um, yeah. they've really gotten me to where I need to go and the people I can call on anytime I have a problem or a question or a concern or just feeling bummed or down on myself or unmotivated. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I'm, I feel very fortunate and thankful. I have, there's always someone I can call on if I can't answer a question myself right? or work through an issue. Yeah. You know, it's funny cause like, uh, we've, I guess, never really talked about like spirituality per se. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you were answering some of my questions before this interview and you're like, I, I may be the least spiritual person I know. Um, I was like, huh, well, I mean, yeah, it wasn't like shocking. Cause I'm like, I knew you weren't <laughs> like a church person. And I guess I hadn't really heard you talk about that kind of stuff, but it is funny because in some ways it's sort of like it's all semantics because what you're describing with like the vision board stuff and connecting to your why and like regularly touching base with those things that you're grateful for like many people would call that part of their spiritual practice Mm -hmm. you know good point point. (laughs) it's like just define the word right Uh um and that reminds me of um So, you know, again, I talk a lot about emotion and how, like, we often say that there's there's really only, um, you'll hear different numbers, but let's say between, like, six and ten core emotions. And roughly, like, every feeling... Uh, boils down to one of those and so then there's lots of there's lots of ways where we sort of misuse the word feeling where we're like well I just feel like and it's like no that's a thought that's not a feeling that's a thought but when we really are talking about our 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 core feelings or emotions they're things like fear sadness shame loneliness so like most of them are on that like shall we say I don't like the word negative painful not as pleasant side okay there's only Three, in my opinion, you could narrow it down even further than this, but three that are on the pleasant side of the spectrum, and those are um, happiness, joy, and love. So it's an interesting thing when 
like getting into that, like picking apart. Okay, so for you, how would you describe what the difference is between happiness and joy? I was just about to ask, what is the difference between <laughs> happiness and joy? I, I have no yeah. idea what the difference is. Yeah, so how I describe it is sort of like that happiness is sort of maybe this like fleeting, like positive uh, emotional experience, like like laughter, like um, enjoying like, you know, a TV show or whatever, like just this fleeting moments of positive emotion. Whereas joy is a kind of a deeper thing. So it's maybe not that you're necessarily in this like super happy go lucky mood, but it's almost this like, it's a connection with gratitude and and what I would say is whether you want to call it spiritual or not, like a deeper experience of, um, hmm. I don't know, I, now I just want to say of joy. Yeah. <laughs> when you use the word, defining the word. But does that kind of make sense? Yeah, or I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So in connecting with those affirmations, it's like you are cultivating not just these fleeting ephemeral moments of happiness, but you're cultivating joy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So good, right. good job. Sounds right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have on your on your like vision board or your uh, want to do things? Have you guys been to the Harry Potter? What's it called? Potter? We have Pot Potter World, Potter I think. World. Yeah. Um, no, we haven't been, but uh, man, yeah, I, I would like to go, actually. The inner child in me wants to go, <laughs> even though I am all slightly disgusted by the whole like Disney thing and how much yeah, money it really yeah. brings in. But, um, and I don't know if this is a mistake, but I kind of want to wait until Iris is old enough to yeah. kind of get into Harry sure. Potter herself. And then go. Maybe well, you surprise could go twice. Hers. Well, that's true. You could. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, we, it's not on my vision board, but it probably should be if I'm right. being honest. <laughs> well, and you know that over the past couple of years, I don't know, maybe it was, oh, I want to say less than a year ago that I finished, that I finally read the books and watched the mm-hmm, movies. Mm-hmm. I had read like a, the first few years ago, um, maybe in my early twenties, but but yeah, like one by one went through and, and, and loved it. Like not surprisingly, it's just like a lot of things. I'm five or 10 years or 20 <laughs> years late to the game. Um, and I remember when I was reading them and kind of going back and forth between the book and the audiobook that you were saying like, oh yeah, I've listened to the audiobooks like so many times. And I was just, you know, again, knowing you a little bit, not shocked, but also like, I found that so endearing. It's a little uncharacteristic, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's such a, a feel good. I mean, I think it would it causes me joy going yes, through this right? you know experience because I would say I probably listen to the whole series at least every other year. Uh, yeah, just because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I know overall that like me, you're also into like fantasy and sci fi kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, and what, what would you describe, like, what is it that, like, pulls you in or captivates you about that genre? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just the, 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 the wonder and the imagination and just wanting to be a kid at heart. I've always, I've always felt just, like, very lighthearted. I don't take life very seriously and, um, probably to a fault sometimes, but, um, I, I just, it, it makes me curious to, I, I get yeah. really curious about, oh, what could be possible. And I also love, you know, I don't know you, uh, like you love Buffy, right? And, yeah. and we talk about this and there's so many different ways to portray vampires and there's right. whole different methods, methodology and thoughts behind, you know, this realm versus that realm. And it's all just I don't, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a spice for the imagination that I just love. Totally. Yeah. And, and I think that like good sci-fi and fantasy has the capacity to like not only activate that imagination and like childlike wonder, but also to deal with some like either just like universally important topics like friendship and I would say like both Buffy and Harry Potter, um, and also like some some challenging topics and sometimes like I was actually I should I'll send you this link because you know that I've talked about this podcast I'm obsessed with of uh, buffering oh, the yeah. vampire slayer uh-huh. well 
they just recently got James Marsters on and did a two-hour oh, interview with him. And I know great. you love him. That's great. I do um, love him. So I will send you that link. I'll put it in the show notes, too, for anyone who's interested. He is phenomenal just as a human being, um, which, you know, I could have imagined just from uh, seeing his, his acting, but, like, getting to hear more from him as a person he's just a cool guy and they were talking about that about how like one of the things that um they what that was portrayed on Buffy was like one of the very first uh experiences of homosexuality in like a main character and dealing with some of the complexity of that and and like that he felt very proud to be a part of something that was taking that risk yeah and he said that he thinks that there was another show that he worked on that um, had a similar kind of one of the first to explore X topic. And uh, and he was saying that he thinks that part of that is that these shows that are more kind of in the fantasy realm can go places that like a traditional like cop show or something couldn't as easily, which yeah. was really interesting that to me interesting. to think about. Yeah, I guess looking at the client base, you kind of know that they're going to be a little bit more open to... Right, know. or it's like, oh, well, you know, yes, we're talking about this, but this isn't a real world. Like, yeah. it's just something that you, gives you license to dream bigger. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I thought, yeah, it was really, really interesting. So, so speaking of wonder and curiosity, which are like two of the biggest things that I love um, talking about... What for you is whether it's nature or something else, and and we'll say Iris is like default for this. So like <laughs> right, aside sure. from Iris, okay. like what is what is the kind of sight that for you kind of elicits the most uh, sense of of awe and wonder? I think any. Uh, you know, landscape or, mm -hmm. or, or natural setting that makes me feel tiny is, yeah. is what causes <laughs> me the most awe. And so I think that, um, you know, the climbing area I was talking about earlier, Yosemite, California, I went bouldering there, which is like climbing on the smaller rocks in the fields, but you're being overshadowed by one of the, great, the largest granite monoliths in the world, thousands of feet um above above the, where you're camping where you're hanging out where you're climbing mm -hmm. and that's just uh, amazing to me it just makes you feel tiny and makes you realize i don't know anything about this world really <laughs> I, there's there's so many things i i don't know and um yeah it just kind of puts you in your place mm -hmm. and i think that's good to have that um you know fairly regularly uh, some people get too big for their britches and when you see um, places like in nature that that cause so much awe it's uh humbling i yes. think for a lot of people yeah humbling Definitely but it, yeah in a good way and you know it's funny i told you this is like maybe episode 34 and i've had one other person give a, an answer very similar to that where it's like this experience of feeling very small and insignificant mm. actually feeling like a really deeply meaningful and comforting thing and i think a lot of us can resonate with that um, but yeah, I, I, I just find it so fascinating because in some ways it feels counterintuitive of like, oh, well, wouldn't that feel like life is meaningless and I am so <laughs> unimportant and what's the fucking point right, yeah. of any of this? Uh, but, but yeah, there is something that, that, that kind of perspective can be deeply, um, illuminating and comforting and meaningful. So with that. Barry, what is the fucking point? Oh my, that is the name of this podcast, <laughs> right? So um, I think the point is just to have fun in life. It sounds so cliche, but you know, just live for the day. Like, just have fun. I mean, everybody... Have a fucking DM. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know... It, Everybody, whether you're as, as, as OCD and maniacal about to-do lists as I am, <laughs> everybody has a to-do list of things they have to get done. And it's really easy to get bogged down in that stuff. But it, it, if you just 
pay attention to what you're, why you're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And you re- regularly remind yourself of why you're doing the things you're doing. Um, and you really believe like those things. And you get your vision board. You, you mm-hmm. have your daily affirmations. You have your gratitudes. And um, you, you hold yourself accountable to, to remembering them and focusing on them. You can enjoy life so much more. It's just so much yeah. more enjoyable. And I think that's what allows me to to, to be as lighthearted uh, most every day I'm alive. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm thankful for that too. Yeah. One of the things that I, I'll just say to kind of wrap that up is as you were describing that and like, and how we've kind of gone back and forth in this conversation between this super like close granular thing and then this zooming out to these mountains and how insignificant there's this, this dance of perspective taking that feels like the honestly like the most skillful but the most enjoyable way to move through life is to be able to move back and forth between the really close up and the really far away and to have that ability to shift that at, at any moment with whatever the moment is calling for and that when we get too stuck in the granular and we lose the forest for the trees like that's miserable and also if we're so big picture that we're just super abstract and we never like actually take tangible action on things like that doesn't feel good either but it's this dance between the two i think that's really well said that's i agree Cool. Well, is there anywhere uh, that you want to point people or that people can reach out to you if they are curious to connect with you or learn more about real estate or whatever? Um, Yeah, I would always love to talk to anybody about Nashville's real estate and just the national market, too, or just about fun things going on. Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter, (laughs) anything we talked about today, um, (laughs) systems, but... You can reach me. Uh, my my email address is jberryagent at gmail and you may also visit me um, at jberryagent www.jberryagent.com too. Yeah, and I'll put those links in the show notes. And it's very like strawberry, not like what is Barry, not like, Barry. Like Barry. I know the other Barry. It's so funny because <laughs> I don't know if you feel this way, but like to me, there's something. I see you differently because because you go by Barry with you know just Barry with a lot of your friends. Yeah. I see you differently knowing that it's B E R R Y than if you were Barry. Like oh. I just you would be different. Me too. <laughs> me too. I've had some random friends of friends that have told me that they they've heard about Barry for so long they thought <laughs> my first name was Barry and I'm immediately like ah no let me let me stop this here and now that is not it nope 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 jonathan barry but you can call me barry because you're a friend of a friend i love it (laughs) cool well thank you so much for doing this it was so much fun oh thank you i had a blast i so hope you enjoyed this episode and i kind of think you're a badass for listening all the way to the end if you haven't already make sure you subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen You can find show notes for this episode at shinebrightwith.me slash podcast. Any links mentioned, resources, more info about the guests, etc. You can find right over there. Also, I'd love to know what you're enjoying about the podcast, any feedback you have and what you want more of. Follow me on Instagram at Val K. Martin. That's V-A-L-K-A-Y Martin. Take a screenshot of you listening, tag me in it, send me a DM, whatever. I would love to connect with you. Also, if you want mega karma bonus points, leave a review and rating on iTunes. It helps more people find the show and it makes me so happy. The link is bit.ly slash WTFP review, all lowercase bit.ly slash WTFP review. I'll see you next time. And until then... Keep asking the big questions.